This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong. Lim Sing Yi and Jason Wee, the co-founders of the Asli Co, are dedicated to supporting Indigenous mothers and the rest of the Orang Asli community in general. Today, they're joining me in the studio to share how they're doing that and what sparked the inception of this social enterprise. Thanks a lot, Christine, for inviting us. Uh, my name is Jason. My name is Sin. Let's uh, go into a bit of a background story. So, uh, Jason and I both worked in startups before we started the Asli Co. So I was doing my backgrounds in design and UX, and I was in a data roaming startup called FlexiRoom. Now um, we had a, we were both volunteers for a uh, also another social enterprise mm-hmm. called Epic Homes, mm-hmm. and it was a big part of our lives. He's been volunteering about ten years in there, and I've been volunteering about six years, and we built countless homes for the Orang Asli, and. Um, it really changed our perspective um, and also our lives after we volunteered because all the first world problems seem like trivial. Mm, after, so insignificant. <laughs> yeah, after going into the kampong and seeing how their lives were. And um, throughout our volunteering, we found out that uh, the Orang Asli kids drop out at a staggering rate. Mm. And, and the number is crazy. It's... 25% of them drop out, according to statistics from Ministry of Education in 2019. That is that is crazy because one in four children, Orang Asli children, drop out. Mm. And the national dropout rate is only 0.29%. Yes. That is like 84 times the national rate. And so we asked uh, our ladies that work with us, why is that so? And they said, it's because parents are poor. They mm. like money, and when they have no money to buy uh, school, school uniforms, uniforms, books, mm. there's yeah. a lot of like uh, accessories that are required to go to Correct. school in the first place. Yeah. The school fees that are not covered mm. by uh, government, then uh, they let their children drop out. Right. Yes. Mm. So we wanted to tackle this problem, and so we asked the ladies, "How much does it take to keep a, a child in school?" Per month, mm. so they said around 150 to 200 ringgit per month, and we were like, "Oh, this is an amount that we feel we could help with," yeah. you know. And but uh, straight up from the start, we knew that donating this amount is not a a good idea because mm. it's not sustainable. Ha- yes. yeah, yeah <laughs> for us personally. So we thought, why not we create a business where mothers can get a uh, work from home because they have young children and they can't uh, leave the villages and stray far away. So why not bring the work to the village where the mothers can work from home and they earn this extra income so that kids don't have to drop out from school. Mm. Yeah. What we do is we bring work to Oranasi mothers. We empower them uh, with skills like uh, sewing skills, how to make sanitizers, how to make face masks, uh, currently eye pillows, linen sprays, and we bring all the items to their villages and... We purchase it from them. We train them as well and provide all the all the equipment. And once it's ready, we pay them uh, upfront in cash and we brand it, market it and sell it to Brilliant. the general public. Yep, Love that. That's so what we do. You mentioned that you have a wide variety of products that you have trained uh, these mothers to create. But how did you guys learn how to create them? How did you have that knowledge so that you could train other people to do the thing? 
Yeah, I, I think the first ever products that we, we came up with, which is the cement pots and the uh, soaps that look like Malaysian kuih, mm-hmm. we had no idea how to make those. Yeah. We, <laughs> like, you're I think both most businesses... A, yeah, startup like, backgrounds, right? So it's not like you're using your hands that much. Yeah, like yeah. most businesses, we learn from YouTube mm-hmm. and that's how we learn and then that's how we convey uh, and and taught the Oransi Madis as well. Brilliant. And so for yeah. the training classes, I mean, I assume they're free. Like, how does that work? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. It's free. And then so, so how do you determine, you know, who you train and what? Ah, so when we first started, you know, we, we built the relationship over many years of mm. uh, volunteering and building houses with them. So we went knocking on doors of uh, the families which we built houses for and we were like, hey, would you guys like to make some extra income? Mm. Uh, we We... We brought the cement, we brought the uh, bubble tea cups to, to make the cement pots mm-hmm. and we were like, we can teach you right now. And fortunately, uh, Anissa, the first lady who worked with us, she was like, okay, cool, let's do it. So we, sure. we taught her immediately mm-hmm. and that's how the, the business started. Yeah, Great. <laughs> and, and, and now that you guys have uh, have uh, expanded your wares, I mean, you mentioned that you, I mean, sanitizers and face masks make sense a lot yeah. because of the pandemic. You've also mentioned like lavender, eye pillows and things like that. So, you know, how do you determine what products to kind of come up with next? And, uh, you know, uh, how is the, what's the demand like as well? Okay. So when we first started out, our products did not have a theme. <laughs> so it was more based on what can the ladies make comfortably at home and what was not dangerous to make at home as well <laughs> yeah. because they had young kids. Yes, of course. So, But we also uh, looked into the market demand. So uh, during the pandemic, we, we shifted into hand sanitizers, uh, surface disinfectants and also uh, fabric face masks mm-hmm. that the ladies sew. And those actually brought us... Uh, rode us through the pandemic because a lot of uh, companies were ordering them. And after that, we we looked into... Pe- people were getting stressed working from home. Mm. And so the lavender eye pillows came about because it really helps people relax uh, their tired eyes and also... Uh, Eye bags. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were having trouble sleeping. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So we I don't relate to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, actually. <laughs> yeah, but we, we were getting feedback from our customers uh, who say it really helps them sleep right. so well, like a baby, until sun sunrise. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So it's a matter of uh, seeing what, what the public is uh, demanding and requesting at the moment. And mm. that's when we know we can mass produce things. So mm. we have to figure out what can be mass produced from their villages. Mm, yeah. I see. And also, of course, you started this before the pandemic and, and you mentioned that obviously your products have pivoted. But how did the nature of the business pivot as well? Because you couldn't, I imagine, be as hands-on with going to people's houses and teaching them in person. And, you know, how did that work? Uh, to be perfectly honest, the business didn't change at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when when we first started, it was just pots and soaps, right? right. So naturally, when pandemic hit, there was none, none of those sales anymore. Mm. So we did uh, sanitizers and face masks. Right. And those were essential products. So, uh-huh. so we that's got a, a little loophole you guys yeah, found. <laughs> essential products, and we got the uh, the acknowledgement and permission of the police to mm-hmm. travel uh, intercity, interstate. So we had no issues uh, producing those from the village and picking them up. So thank, thank, very thankful for that. Brilliant. Okay, so you know you started with just the one family, the one house, the one mum. Mm. Uh, tell me a little bit about how much that's expanded since in the time you've been running this. Okay, so uh, we started with one mother, and then quickly she introduced her. 
her relative and also friends to join as uh, demand was, uh, there was too much demand and she couldn't cope with, with making enough pots for us. So quickly within uh, now in three years, we have trained up to 63 mothers. and uh, From eight different villages? From, and over half of them are still actively wa- working with us. Mm, brilliant. So, I mean, that is, uh, I think, really a testament to like word of mouth and also the fact that uh, you were also accommodating their uh, their lives as well. I mean, a lot of us were obviously privileged enough to have the option to work from home during the pandemic. But the fact that you had, had that in mind from the get go and to be able to work around their schedules and their flexibility, I think is really a big part of why this has taken off as much as it has, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, what is it like to us? Uh, are you guys still working on expanding that team and expanding, uh, you know, sort of the hands in all areas? Yeah, I think we're always uh, looking to expanding, especially now that we've just hired five uh, super talented, uh, honestly, youth ladies. So we're very happy to have them on board and we have more projects coming up, which, uh, which Sin will share. Actually, I want to share an encouraging story from the mothers that have been working with us. Mm. You were mentioning a flexibility and working from home and that is something that they did not have. Yeah. And it's really hard because uh, most of the work that they find uh, involves traveling far away from the village and also no flexibility in terms of time. So uh, what our mothers can earn up to 3,000 ringgit a month during our peak months where they produce our products. And also they work only five to six hours, like two to three times a, a week. And that will bring them that amount. So, and from that, they were able to buy new appliances such as fridges and also rice cookers and also pay for their children's tutoring. And several of them also send their children to Chinese schools mm. so that they can learn an extra language and also be better in math and also their studies, despite having it uh, cost a bit more to send their kids to Chinese schools. But they can afford it now. Yes. Mm. I love that so much. We do have to take a short break for some messages, but after that, I will continue speaking to Sin and Jason all about the Asli Co. here in Open for Business on BFM 89.9. Building First World Malaysians. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. to Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong. Joining me in the studio today are Lim Sun Yi and Jason Wee, the co-founders of the Asli Co. So the Asli Co. is a social enterprise dedicated to supporting the Orang Asli community. And before the break, we talked about how they met, which is through volunteering at another social enterprise, Epic Homes, and how that sparked their passion for supporting the Orang Asli community. So... Uh, I think also before the break, you know, I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, expansion and sort of your plans for reaching out to more mothers and more uh, communities and stuff like that as well. Uh, And I also understand you have some other plans in the works. But what I do want to talk about is not just working with the mothers in these communities, but also working with other organizations uh, that are out there as well. Uh, You have a couple collaboration. You've got a collaboration with the Hongnung Bank. I mean, tell me about that and what they're doing to support this. So um, there's been a shift in the recent years and like a cultural movement around sustainability, ethical sourcing and social responsibility amongst the large MNCs and corporates. And so more than ever, companies are wanting to show their support for small businesses, especially social enterprises. And um, 
for Hongleong Bank, they they put us on a program called uh, Jumpstart, which is specifically for social enterprises and supporting enterprises through their CSR program. So instead of uh, donating money, they actually support uh, social enterprises to help them grow and uh, in whatever they need. For example, tech or um, purchasing and also... Um, uh, so they they helped us out they helped us a lot uh, through procurement um, especially during the beginning of pandemic I'll give mm. you an example so they don't give cash but what they can do is purchase our products so we have cash to do what we need to do right so when we needed to grow uh, the sewing products they said okay how much do we need to buy so that you can purchase your first five sewing machines and they purchase right. all our soaps and sanitizers and they even uh, offered to build a new website and an app for us as well. Mm, I see. So at least, you know, like it's not just a, a, like a grant sort of thrown at you, but there is that supporting of the ecosystem uh, uh, happening there. And, you know, uh, are you looking still to collaborate with more organizations like this or even to collaborate with other, like you said, like other social enterprises like Epic Homes that brought you together in the first place, stuff like that? Yes, we're always looking to collaborate more with uh, other banks and insurance companies as well in terms of uh, capacity building. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking to, you know, grow our network of Aransi mothers. We are also really open to um, other big companies coming to us to purchase their gifts so that um, they get gifts that give back. Mm. Yeah. So you have like corporate uh, sort of packages and things like that that people can look into if they want to help support you guys as well. We have uh, corporate gifts yes. that, that we curate yes. and we include uh, other social enterprises products in there as well and as, uh, of course our own products and they're really loved by uh, our previous clients such as Deloitte, Unilever, Shell, Toyota and so on. Mm, yeah. Brilliant. So, you know, apart from just apart from the corporate gifts as well, I mean, obviously these are also retail items that individuals can buy. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about, you know, how you guys uh, navigated pricing each uh, type of item and you know what you looked at uh, to determine that figure interestingly that's where we uh, debate a lot on <laughs> sin always wants to charge uh, a lot higher whereas uh, i would love to you know charge it lower to appeal to mass market so it's a lot of uh, balancing to find that right middle point yeah we we always argue about pricing because i feel our products are really uh, uh high quality but um for Jason, he, he likes to look at the middle point where uh, enough um, consumers would buy it so that then maybe they bring it back to their companies, mm. they'll tell their HR about it, and then it becomes a gift set to the whole company. Right, because so, basically, functionally speaking, the, the sort of dilemma you run into is you want to make sure that these products are affordable because that's sort of the whole thesis of what this is, is to make... Uh, uh, you know, products and services more accessible. That's sort of what sparked the interest in the first place. But then at the same time, obviously, you also don't want to, uh, you know... Undervalue. Yeah, you don't want to undervalue the quality of the products as well, right? Yeah, that's exactly right, Christine. Mm. So when, when we have it priced, uh, when we have it decently priced, then we can have a lot more people purchasing it, which means that Aurasi mothers have a lot more jobs to do, which mm. is the main goal of our business. Brilliant, brilliant. And so for all the raw materials and things like that, in order to create these products, does it come out of your own pocket or does it come from, you know, uh, do you have any sort of help with like, any external funding, investors, that sort of thing? Uh, no, as a social enterprise, we are completely self-reliant. So we, we don't actually take on any donations. We don't rely on donations. Most of our income comes from sales and a little bit on grants, about 5% of grants. And 
all the materials, the equipment are all provided to the Ranasi mothers and that's from the reinvestment of our of our income. So we're very happy to share that to date we have channeled back 1.1 million in terms of wages, equipment and training back to the RRC communities. That is fantastic. Well, I guess the only thing left to ask is, you know, what else is in the works for the Asli Co for the foreseeable future? Firstly, we'd love to expand into uh, the US, UK and Singapore market. Mm. Uh, We've started selling in Singapore already and it's quite a good response there. So next year, we're going to focus on US and UK. Why US and UK from Singapore? Like normally a lot of people will do like Southeast Asia first and so on and so forth. But you're like just jumping straight across the ocean here. Oh yeah, just jumping straight across because their currency is so much better than ours. (laughs) (laughs) That's the honest truth. And uh, uh, also because we have uh, contacts over in US and Mm. UK who can help us out with the fulfillment of our products in the first place. I see. Okay, that's great. Uh, Anything else? Okay, so um, from our profits, we're looking into funding a kampung tutoring program where the bright students of the kampung, like the abang and the kaka, who are doing well in school, will be the tutors for the younger kids. So we want to fund, we want to pay these kaka and abangs a fee, uh, like uh, so that they can spend their Saturdays and Sundays, weekends teaching the younger students who are struggling with their homework. And so this is something that we're very excited about and hopefully can be launched next year. Uh, Secondly, we also want to do a a reward program for kids who do well in school and also um, attend school, basically because um, it has to be a multi-pronged approach, not just um, the parents have money, but the kids also want to be encouraged to to go to school. Mm -hmm. So we plan to use... um, uh, either get donations or use our profits to uh, bring the kids to Kidzania to, you know, right. to get their interest in you know their career, the, maybe their future careers and stuff to yeah. discourage truancy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and also uh, maybe award them with um, uh, items such as school uh, school supplies mm. or or gadgets that they need to study, and this will be all. Uh, coming soon. Yeah, love that. I love that. Basically, y- you sort of started with the the root c- uh, co- cause or the root problem, which was the uh, sort of funding needed to get kids to school. And now you're looking at the entire ecosystem of education and how to support that in in the or the community. Uh, you know, through like you know, making sure that they actually do well in school, and then also making sure they're interested in school. And it's a nice nice little bow wrapped up on you know supporting that that part of of the community for sure. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of today's. Show. Thank you so much to Sin and Jason for joining me and telling us all about the Asli Co. Thank you so much, Christine, for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Lim Sin Yu and Jason Wee, the co-founders of the Asli Co. If you've missed any of today's chat, we are available on the Apple App Store and also Google Play. And also, of course, uh, this podcast and many more are available on our website, bfm.my. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.